1: boys do you mean? out there! Yeah! All right, action! There's Dino set ahead!
0: Let's teach him how to die! Yeah! We should have a party. We'll keep it small <laughs> and your parents won't find out, I promise. just one of those stupid pranks! The reason to break up the party was... Oh!
1: The aliens were using human skin to fuel their spaceship.
0: I don't want my body to be alien fuel. Oh. This means war. Fuck space. Hello and welcome to the Maths Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 496. Releasing January 20 across the US in theaters, on demand, and digital is Kids vs. Aliens, a sci-fi horror in which a group of foul-mouthed, rough-and-tumble kids stand up against alien invaders who most definitely do not come in peace. Combining Amblin-style adventure with grindhouse exploitation theatrics, Kids vs. Aliens will speak to the inner 80s kid in all of us. And joining me now is the director of Kids vs. Aliens and a fellow 80s man-child, Mr. Jason Eisner. Jason, thank you very much for your time today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Did you say 496 episodes? This this is 496, sir. Yes, indeed. Holy shit. (laughs) smokes <laughs> a few more and it's 500 that's crazy
0: i know i know it's coming up so fast you know it's like a passion project of mine kind of similar to how kids first aliens has been a passion project for you i mean this has been oh, 10 yeah. years in the making it all kind yeah. of started <laughs> back in uh, 2013 didn't it with um vhs2 the horror anthology slumber party alien abduction is the, the contribution you made there yeah, the idea come about that that short that you made for that movie, you could kind of like flesh about and kind of like make a world building kind of film with kids versus aliens. Is that something you always had in mind with that uh, piece of uh, short that you made for that film?
1: I, I I right after we made the short, there were talks for like a minute about expanding it into a feature, but it never really flourished into anything. But I had other like I kind of took inspiration from it, and I had other pitches for like doing like a kid's like horror genre, like I wanted to do like a TV series at the mm-hmm. time, but uh, when I was pitching it in Hollywood, no one wanted to do like something that was like, you know, a kid centric like genre thing. So um, I like, I guess I it's, I I, you know, I tried pitching it over the years and just to no avail. And so it wasn't just it was like a year and a half ago, I was speaking with Brad Miska, who's one of the producers of the VHS movies. And we got to talking and like um, he expressed that, you you know, he always loved the idea of making that short into a feature. And he pitched it to Mark Ward at RLJE, who was like a huge fan of the short. And he always wanted to see like an R-rated kids movie, too. So he pretty much just like greenlit it on the spot. Like I had like one phone call with him and told him kind of what I wanted to do with it. And he just believed in me and greenlit it and sent us off.
0: What's really cool about Kids vs Aliens is the first time we see the kids in your movie. They're making their own film. They're they're dressed up. They're creating their own world. That's essentially you when you were eight years old, right? You're there in Nova Scotia, where the, your hometown, where the film was, uh, this film was made. Mm-hmm. You're out there with your mates. You're remaking Beetlejuice. You're remaking Ghostbusters. That's pretty much you out there, right? So this is kind of like a tribute in a sort of way to not only your childhood, but I think. So in a lot of ways, the tributes to a lot of childhoods, including mine, I used to always do stuff like that when I was a kid as well. And it's really cool to see that on a film.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like I wanted, um, you know, like there's, it's, there's definitely a heightened uh, sensibility to it, and like. You know how you know these kids they have like this amazing like clubhouse you know with a wrestling ring in it it's almost too good to be true but <laughs> i took like note from um like you know i love the sandlot and i love monster squad and the and like the forts like and the tree houses that mm-hmm. they made in those and earth scared stupid you know those were made by you know very talented production designers uh but as a kid i wanted to like replicate them but they were so beyond my like capabilities (laughs) and you know just couldn't get the lumber to like do something like that but i always daydreamed about it and it always kind of like filled my imagination so i thought that's what we should do with this like if it even though it may be over the top the kids have their own barn with a you know like a wrestling ring and all this stuff i just thought if kids saw it or the kid like me saw it i would be like inspired and think you know i wish i could hang out there Speaking of Nova
0: Scotia, um, something really interesting that I came across is that your opening scenes of your film has a deal with men on a fishing boat and they come across this, like, a UFO. Um, mm-hmm. Supposedly, kind of, based on these kind of reports back from, like, the 1960s called the Shag Harbour UFO incident, where they're in yeah. Nova Scotia and, and supposedly an alien craft that went into the harbour there. Um when was the first time you remember hearing about that when you were a kid? And was it always kind of like your intention to try to put that on film in some type of way? Um, because it's really interesting how, like, you took something that was kind of like legendary from your hometown and kind of brought it uh, mm. to the screen here.
1: Oh, thanks for noticing that. Yeah, like, uh, when I was a kid, I think it was 1993, so I would have been like 10 or 11 Um The trailers for Fire in the Sky were airing on television, and it was showing these horrific images of a man being abducted by aliens, and then under the title, it said, based on a true story, and that really, like, messed me up, like, as a kid, because anything you know the television telling me that this is like a real thing something that like really like that this actually happened to somebody i was terrified that that was going to happen to me and i remember sitting we were visiting a family member who was in the he was in the canadian navy and the trailer came on and like i was talking about it because i you know i was scared about it but i like i wanted to talk about it and hear like what like my dad and like other people like thought of it and this family member was telling me of all the rumors that they heard in the navy as to like what like what went down and um and that was like kind of crazy too because being a kid like i'm hearing that from somebody like I, i trust who's like being real with me and so it's like alien there's like this alien story that's like right in like my backyard pretty much as you could say well it's like about a it's a few hour drive from my house as to where it happened but just it it was just part of the culture i'm like hearing that story and how yeah like a bunch of fishermen saw like this glowing light crash into shag harbor in 1967 and they thought it was like a plane that went down and they race their boats over there to look for survivors but when they got there there was just this glowing light mm. coming from below and and so yeah as to what happened the days after that are like that's where all like the rumors like you know come in but yeah i've always uh wanted to like incorporate that because it fueled my nightmares as a kid and and the idea of aliens coming out of the water uh was something i never like really saw like done before um but yeah
0: The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by TeePublic. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, TeePublic is sure to have something you'll love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews on top 10 lists and help support my work please click on the Patreon link in the description below. I wanted to talk about the kids from the, the title. So it's really interesting. I remember I was watching a um, documentary last year about the making of It, the um, the Tim Curry mm. uh, 1990 version. And I talk about how when the kids were on the set, um, when they fooled around, the production we were very quick to say, hey, we've got to take it seriously. We've got to be professional here. You know, you got to act like, you know, be a professional actor kind of thing, which is fair <laughs> enough. I remember reading or listening to a podcast you did where you were like, I'm going to encourage these kids to act up. I want them. I want that energy. I want that mischievous kind of nature that they can bring to the fore. Was that Mm -hmm. something that you felt that really helped with the energy of them? Because the thing about this movie that hits you right from the the, the fore is there's an energy, there's electricity to it. And I think that energy comes from the youth that's on the screen. Is that something you really wanted to tap into and make sure it showed on the screen?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks for noticing that, too, because it's it's uh, it's like tough to like achieve, especially with kids who've never like acted before, too. So um, it's like I'm you know, I'm 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 I try to create like a safe space on set so these kids like can like feel like that they're. Any idea that they bring to the table will be like, welcome, that they don't have to be like self-conscious about themselves or like, um, because I just, I really wanted them to like, I wanted them to bring, you know, themselves to it and also just not be scared and like, you know, have fun. And like, I think if they're having fun, that's going to come across and, and, and like what we had a joke at um, the crew had like a joke because uh, <laughs> uh, we were the 80 would constantly be yelling out like "still rolling, we're still rolling" because I would, I would keep it rolling uh, until I got the moment you know I was looking for because once I called cut like I could just see like all the kids they're like you know they're just like their energy would go down and they you know go grab snacks and it just. You know, to get everything back to the to the focus of the moment we're trying to get, would you know, it would take a while again to like you know get it there. Whereas I would just we keep it rolling, we would do a take, and then you know we do it again, just you know like to, and get it like just get the kids like more excited and and uh, and just keep them focused like in that moment. So it's like a mix of like keeping it like you know there would be times I would more so have to tell the crew like. You know, you guys take it serious so that like if the kids are doing an emotional thing where, you know, there's some emotional moments in the movie with the kids, like I wanted to, like I if like the crew is like laughing and joking around, then the kids want to partake in in that, you know, so there'd be times I would have to we would have to tell people, all right, just I know you're having fun, but just like chill out for a second, yeah. like we're trying to we're trying to cry here. <laughs> I want to talk
0: about the colour in the film. Um, colour plays a really big part in it. You've got these really kind of prime colour combinations. I mean, the glow of the UFO, and then from that it comes from different things, purples and blues and greens, very kind of neon fluoro. And I've I've read that action figures, especially like wrestling action figures, played like a big role, big part in kind of like the colours that you wanted to have. What was it about wrestling action figures, especially from your youth, um, that really kind of inspired you in the way you wanted to tell the visual story of this movie?
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, like, action figures and place, you know, action figure playsets and figure lines were, a, like, probably even more of an inspiration on this movie than, like, films were. <laughs> and, uh, like I said, like, I wanted to create, like, a universe that could be just as big as something like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters or He-Man or any of the ones that I loved growing up and kind of create, like, a sandbox, you know, that, like, I I feel that, like, kids or you know other people could like play in it and there could be a big enough universe there to tell more more stories in it but with the action figures and especially uh, like I, I it was kind of the wrestling action figures that kind of put a light bulb into my brain like especially when i when i first did hobo with a shotgun and i was making my first feature film you know i wanted to figure out like what makes my aesthetic like unique and like in or just you know what What, like how, like the the things I'm going to be telling my crew and like in an artistic sort of way, like, why do I like certain things the way I like them, I guess you could say. And so I realized like wrestling action figures had a big part on like why I do like colors and color combinations, because when they were making, especially in the 80s, when they were making the gimmicks and the characters for the wrestlers, they were using like color combinations. That would like really attract like kids like attention, and so, mm. you know, st- it had such an effect to this day. When I see a certain red and yellow go together, I instantly think like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, yeah, yeah, you know, and <laughs> and, uh, and and that they they were making the action figures and the merchandise, and you know, making characters that just would stand out that kids would you know would want to like, you know buy the action figures and wear the clothing and all that stuff. And so I just, that, I knew that had such an effect on me and just how I grew up liking things and, uh, and what I would be attracted to. So I went to my costume designer, uh, Sarah Dunsworth on Hobo and was like, let's do this. Let's take this thinking that worked on me and let's do that with all of our characters, like in our movies and every character that we make should feel like it could be like a a great action figure like uh so yeah
0: it really does feel like you're building a universe here and from a universe comes additional chapters in the story and um the end of kids for saving does to give away too much but it does have potential for a Mm follow-on of course there's a lot of things in, in consideration when talking sequels or anything like that but ideas wise do you have ideas already gener- uh, thought of or written down as to what potential follow-up step would be for this story?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, my uh, co-writer John Davies and I—we've already written a treatment as to what the what the sequel could be, and you know, we were dreaming of it, about it, like while we were writing the first one and and uh, and shooting it, and the kids. While we were making it, we're pitching us a bunch of amazing ideas as well too, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, so that's the dream. If people like this enough and they talk about it enough, hopefully someone will allow us to get the band all back together and go make the the, the sequel to it because it's like you know the the first one just like it just does it does a lot of the work to like get us to a place where I feel the second one is like really unhinged and uh goes to some pretty crazy places and uh you know there's outcomes of characters and and this movie that you'd be surprised to see what would happen what happens with them in the in the sequel so yeah hopefully that happens (laughs) well
0: before that happens I encourage everyone to either go to the theaters or watch uh, Kids First Aliens on Demand or on Digital Gen 20. I do recommend people check out the, the- check it out at the theater though because the yeah. soundtrack, the visuals, everything I think really speaks to a theater experience. Um, I really recommend everyone check this movie out. It's that mix of sci-fi and horror, um, that kind of mix of this 80s nostalgia in there as well. Um, and then you have kind of like a really cool um sci-fi horror adventure story in the middle of it. And I gotta say, Jason. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Congratulations with the movie. Uh, Best of luck with the film's release. And hopefully we'll talk again in the future. It's been a pleasure.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Matthew. I appreciate it.